Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guest, Laura Lynn Knight, a former elementary school teacher and certified positive discipline educator who specializes in helping families create calmer home environments. Laura Lynn Knight, good morning and thank you so greatly for being with us today. Good morning and thank you for having me on your show. I am grateful, which I think is going to be the case for our listeners, particularly the parenting listeners, but also teachers, grandparents, aunts, uncles, uh, all of us. Uh, I think the information here is going to be, uh, will affect our life in a positive way, regardless of of what our status is. But but really, we're, we're aiming this for parents and aiming to have a, a calmer and more peaceful day-to-day life. Uh, and you're the expert on this, and you say that that is very possible, right? <laughs> it is. It's very possible. And um, I have two children myself, and I was a former elementary school teacher. So I um, I get to live a lot of this firsthand And sometimes it doesn't feel possible in certain moments of the day. And that's true for me, too. But it overall, it's uh, it's a process. And my home is so much more calm than it used to be. You know, it's really been a beautiful experience to witness and practice myself. So as a a former elementary school teacher, is this a practice or an approach that you used at that time or as your children entered the scene? What has been kind of the the whole process, the history for you? Yeah, that's such a wonderful question. When I was an elementary school teacher, I would have about 25 kids in my classroom. And because I myself can have a very calm personality naturally at that time in my life I found it easier to have a calmer classroom and I've always loved working with children it's been my passion and so then I had my own two kids and if I'm quite honest I thought a lot of that was going to carry over Um, but my calmness didn't quite translate in the way that I thought it would And I found that my children didn't listen to me. My own children didn't listen in the same way that, you know, 25 children would listen. And so it was a really kind of interesting and somewhat humbling experience to realize that even though I felt really strong in my teaching profession, it wasn't translating to my parenting and I needed more tools. And that's when, you know, Having the teacher and the learner in me, I just kind of dug deep into all the literature about parenting. I became certified in mindfulness and meditation. I really wanted to expand my toolbox for at home. And as I began to do that, I felt like I had to give it back, you know, because they were the tools that I wish someone had taught me. Like if I had left the hospital with the baby and they had said, here's your baby and here's the tools you actually really, really need to get that child, you know, (laughs) through these kind of difficult years. Well, Laura, that is so perfect because in previous conversations with 
various guests about infants and childbirth and and kids just in general it that's the thing we say they're born but there's no guidebook you know you're just kind of thrown into this and you know sink yeah. or swim and so to have something tangible that you can use as these guideposts i mean that's an incredible gift yeah i am actually in the process of writing a such a book right now <laughs> Such Perfect. a book I wish I had had, a book I still need. And and so that's the kind of thing that uh, is wonderful when you are so passionate about it, finding the things that work, and it's just a, a, a life experiment that's going on, but documenting it and sharing it, uh, again, a, a gift, an invaluable gift. Mm, thank you, yes. So in terms of then some of the uh, experiences and strategies for parents, uh, you know, and some of the notes that were sent to me, having uh, getting frustrated and yelling uh, can be somewhat natural for a parent. You just kind of reach that max, especially I think during, you know, the year and a half we've just lived through uh, could do that. But there are just different things that happen. So, um Let's talk about what that does, what yelling does, and how to control that. Yeah, we've seen a big rise, you know, in the past year and a half, of course, in stress levels and family units, unfortunately, and child, you know, abuse and just, you know, physical abuse and just parents really, even if it's not that extreme, just homes and parents feeling like they're at their max. And so when I'm working with parents, the most foundational tool that we talk about is self-regulation. And it sounds simple and kind of like common knowledge, right? We need to be regulated in order to help our children with anything else. But actually practicing that, even for me, can be quite hard, you know? And, And I'm glad I can say even for me because then... I'm not different than any other parent, right? Because we all get to that place of frustration. And the work that I do with parents, I like to talk a little bit about the brain because if we understand the science, I think it's empowering. So if you think of your brain, the top part is your prefrontal cortex, and that's the rational thinking part of your mind. And then the lower part of your brain, for those of you that don't know, This could be called the reptilian brain. This is where your amygdala lives. That's your fight, flight, freeze response. And so when we are upset because our children aren't listening, we're in a power struggle with them, we're in that lower part of our brain. And if you think about a lizard in a terrarium and you get close to it with a stick and you poke at it, it's going to open, it's going to back up and it's going to open its mouth and it's going to get ready to fight. And so that's the place where we go to, uh, even with our children, you know, we go into that lower part. And then in our children, what's really interesting is their prefrontal cortex won't fully develop until they're 25. So they spend a lot of time in this lower part of their brain. And it's kind of our job as parents to help act as their prefrontal cortex and just help them get to that more rational thinking place. And so for parents, you know, what I do and what 
on my website, laurelandknight.com, I actually have a pause poster. We sit down and we make a list and we say, when I'm in this place, when I'm in my reptilian brain, what are the tools and strategies that I can come up with ahead of time that are going to help me pause in that situation so I don't yell at my child? Otherwise, it's really hard to change that old habit and the old you know, conditioning we might have even from our own childhood. And I'm glad that you're using that word habit because I think that puts it in a in the situation that it is an action and activity that has developed and we can mm-hmm. re- retrain ourselves if you will by creating a new habit. Yes, we can absolutely create a new habit and that's where I think really writing it down, you know, that pause poster for me having the tangible tool of of saying, okay, what are five to seven things that I know are going to help calm me down. Pausing, going in the bathroom, and running cold water over my hands. Taking deep belly breaths. Uh, Going and smelling a fruit in my kitchen, you know, just to kind of bring in a different awareness. Stopping myself and making a mental checklist, either out loud or even to my child, and saying, I'm really frustrated right now, but I want to share three things that I love about you. You know, just like interrupting that, uh, writing a gratitude list. I mean, it can be so individual to you, but these are the things that, you know, we want to create so we can have this new plan. And they say it takes about 30 days to create a new habit. So, you know, really carrying my list around, looking at it and retraining our brain. And when I work with children, I call it making a new memory. You know, like we're just kind of, reworking things in our brain which is great how do how do you find the children respond when you say we're going to create a new memory this new experience children do wonderful with it and um you know my child my daughter is six right now and she is having a little bit of a sassy phase this summer i will say (laughs) And there's been some times where I'm like, ooh, I'm, I'm definitely feeling frustrated. You know, I can feel that in my mind. I can feel that in my body. And so that's the type of tool where I'll just sit down with her and I'll say, hey, I noticed that you're feeling really frustrated right now. What are three things that we could do to help you with your frustration? And it can't be in that moment where they're completely in their reptilian brain because to that question, they can't process that in that moment. So you kind of have to wait until there's a little bit more of a calm or do it ahead of time. I notice sometimes you get frustrated. Let's make a list of things we can do. You know, the, I, the pause posters for adults and it's also for children. Um, and my daughter just wrote down the other day, she said, I can use my calm cards. That's another resource I have on my website. She said, I can make a cool down, calm down space in the house. So just finding a place where she can play and just kind of decompress. And she said, I can ask a grown-up for help. And I loved that those were the ideas she came up with. And I followed that with, 
you know, we're always learning to make these new memories. We're, oh, we always have another opportunity to do things differently and to try again. <laughs> that is beautiful. And one of the reasons is to have a child, your child, but all children, learning this at a young age to have, mm-hmm. to know that they have this a capacity, the ability to make these decisions to to stop and analyze something. You know, I I wish I had known that as a child, not having to learn it. You know, when I was older and undoing some. Uh, bad kinds of actions and thoughts. Yes, so many of us, I think, parents, you know, we are looking at undoing old patterns of behavior. And uh, I'm, as you'll hear in this conversation, I'm all about really practical tools for parents. And that's actually another tool that I offer to parents. It's uh, also on my website. It's where we're creating new patterns of behavior because I hear so often from the parents that I work with, you know, I want to do differently, but it's so hard. Like, how can I? And so making a list on one hand of, you know, on the left-hand side of the piece of paper is a list of old behaviors that we're no longer comfortable with and that are no longer serving us in our family. And then on the right-hand side, we write the contrary behavior to that. You know, so if it's yelling, then the contrary behavior would be pausing and having a plan around how I'm not going to yell anymore. And so, again, that's another activity to really get us thinking about how am I creating these new habits? What old behaviors are not working? You know, I think a lot of times it's easy to blame our children and say, like, my child is never listening to me or my child's too hyper, but it usually always starts with the parents or the caregivers or the grandparents setting the tone in the home, you know, because our children will really reflect. And I, I did learn that very much in my classroom, like children reflect the tone that is set by the people, you know, that are the adults in the home. Right. So these are, are such valuable in, insights, and then you're providing the tools to go along with it, and just to realize that, you know, what what the pattern was in the past can be undone, if particularly if it, when it was a negative experience. And I think, you know, that certainly was possible and probable in many homes. So, so we want to be changing and making it better, making a better home and ultimately world for our children. Absolutely. We really do. And and enjoy having children. You know, I think so many parents, the idea of what it was going to be like to have a child is not always aligned with what it feels like having a child. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we just have this idea of you know, we're going to play and we're going to be together. And we have these wonderful, you know, goals that we want to have a family and what that's going to be like. And then we hit these roadblocks, but it doesn't have to derail that dream. You know, we can still really have all those fun moments and adventures and playtime and be silly with our kids and 
have that close, connected relationship, I just find that all parents need a few tools to kind of get around the difficult things like the morning routine and the bedtime routine and getting our kids to, you know, brush their teeth and all that smaller day-to-day stuff that can build up and cause real conflict in the home. And there we have this focus and the goal toward having a calm home. And in fact, to assist us, you... uh, it's great that you have you have a book in the process, but in the meantime, you've had this calming newsletter that we can subscribe to and and keep getting this information to remind us and and uh, just give us other ideas, right? Right, I do. I have a calming newsletter, and I send it out every Tuesday, and I always share one parenting tool and solution for a common parenting problem. So this week I was talking about sibling fighting. And then I offer two tools directly for your child that supports the problem. So, you know, first telling the parents how to help with sibling fighting and then tools that will help for the kids for their sibling fighting. And then I incorporate mindfulness quotes and common quotes at the end just to kind of reset for the week of what, and hold them in our intention as we go throughout the week because you know as we say what we focus on grows so the more positive we can be focusing on the more positive we can eventually feel right and i love that there are the quotes because they have a way We'll connect with certain ones, and they have a way of just kind of being that seed in our heart that will keep reminding us just when we need it how to deal with whatever is presenting itself. Yes, absolutely. I think one quote that I—and I'm going to paraphrase it because I never remember the exact quote, but I always remember the idea of it. But one of my favorite ones is by Pema Children, and she talks about— how, you know, we are the clouds going by in the sky, right? Mm. And it just reminds me always with the kids in those difficult moments, like this is all traveling, it's moving, it's shifting. Uh, Or you know what I think she says? I think she actually says we are the sky and everything else is the weather. You know, it's just Mm. it's all passing through. Uh, And I have to remember that, especially in those younger years when you're doing something like potty training (laughs) and you're like, is my kid ever going to get this? And it can feel so frustrating. I need to have that bigger lens of like, oh, these are just all tiny things that are happening along the way and a much bigger process. Right. I I think it could relate. One of my favorite quotes that just stays with me and I I just have to sometimes share it because of circumstances that are going on, uh, not Mm -hmm. in this particular one, except to say how valuable I think this is. And it's that the world is already so tough. How can we be anything but kind? Mm, and I love that. And that to me, that is so calming. And, you know, I remember that. And if I was going to just let a little temper rise, I go like, no, we need to have calmness prevail. 
<laughs> I agree. I've been noticing that a lot recently just in, in my day-to-day life as I go out kind of into society and you know, sometimes people, it seems like, have been a bit more snappy lately. I don't know. I just picked up on it. And uh, just really that pause within myself isn't, isn't even with my own children. It's just out in the world at large of, like, letting people have those feelings and not reacting to them, you know. And, and that's an example of what you said of, like, bringing that kindness mm-hmm. into the world, you know, and letting people be as they be. <laughs> right. And and therefore by in a way countering it mm-hmm. which is happens within our families with our children and the and adults too is not to feed that but to have that different energy and just let it hold the place instead of let letting the other more negative thing kind of what boom out kind of thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But back to parenting then, although I think that 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 certainly relates. Having the uh, uh, the newsletter, having this toolkit really is of great value and knowing that when there are challenges, you know, to to know that we can take that time out and and come back and, and address it because too often we hear, you know, the the kinds of abuses that have gone on, the anger that spills out, and and that does have a negative impact on, especially a younger child. Yes, it does, and I think that we have to remember that, you know, in those moments when we've kind of maybe you you're listening to this now and you you start doing some of the tools and. And then you do again, or you do get really frustrated with your children. Uh, you can always circle back and amend your behavior. And that's a really important component, too. We are all human. We are all fallible. But I always go back to my children, and I acknowledge the way that I acted didn't feel good for me. And I imagine it didn't feel good for you. It could have felt scary. You could have felt sad or angry. Do you want to talk about it? You know, and my children will tell me like, yeah, when you got mad at me, I didn't like that. That made me feel sad. And I'll say, absolutely. I understand. I didn't like the behavior choice that you made in the moment, but I always love you. So I always try and differentiate that. You know, I felt mad because of the behavior that and the choice that was made around that behavior, but that never changes how much I love you. And just like you work on, you know, your frustration, it's something that I get to work on also. And I'm really sorry for my part in that. And how beautiful is that? that is teaching them too to be able to talk about things rather than uh, just letting it be stuffed away. Oh, that wasn't very nice, so I'll just stuff it away. But no, bring that forward, talk about it so that it can be just dissipated and, and move forward. Yeah, we really want our children to feel most uh, connected with us and secure with their caregivers. 
because that's going to help them, especially later on, you know, in the teenage years and as they grow, go through life, that when there's the bigger problems that most of us parents worry about, that our parent, that our children are going to feel safe enough to come home and talk to us and confide in us. And all that starts with having a really connected relationship from the younger years. Yes. And what a great foundation that provides for them going forward because the world just keeps getting, feels more complex and just uh, can really begin to feel like it's impinging on us. So to be able to have this kind of more thoughtful and more calm way to approach it is one of the greatest gifts I think we can provide. I agree. I think, you know, it's something that I really value and I place of, you know, that most importance, of course, because it's my work now and it's what I teach. But when I became a teacher uh, many years ago, I remember thinking, I can't believe they're going to pay me to do this. Like, I just love teaching so much. I would do it for free. And that's how I feel about parent education. Like, I can't believe I even would get to do this as a job because I just love talking about it so much because I think it's so crucial for kind of everything in our world, you know, like it really begins in the home. And and I I so agree with the younger children. I have a, a teaching background, but I was teaching junior and senior high. And eventually I realized I, I got out of teaching, but I thought, you know, I think it's the elementary level that is so important because this is when the children are learning and we can influence them so much more great greatly to really be all that they can be and again create this wonderful world. Yes. Element I mean, I love I taught first grade mostly and that was my just my favorite grade to teach. I loved it because you have the academics of, you know, just learning to read and write and do math, but then you also have the social emotional component and really helping children work through, you know, how do I tell the truth around my friends? How do I have a problem on the schoolyard and solve that? What do I do when I feel angry? You know, we did so much of that work in the classroom. And that has translated very nicely to my parenting. It just was some of the other things that didn't translate, the, like the, you know, listening maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Getting kids to listen. They seem to listen better in the classroom than at home. <laughs> Uh, but well, and uh, along with some of these values that that we are able to demonstrate and impart, there are so many wonderful books that are being created. There's so much that's available for parents to tap into and and share and spend that kind of connected time and share stories so children get that experience. Yes, absolutely. And I have a book list also on my website, and I make it into categories of, you know, if your child is afraid of making mistakes, if they feel angry, if they are wanting, if you are wanting to teach them more about mindfulness or meditation, uh, if, so it's just, you know, I have a bunch of different categories on there, but then naming the picture books that I really like that go within each subject. And I'm always encouraging parents 
now as a parent educator and when I was an elementary school teacher, I would say, if your child is facing something, find a book about it and read it to them and let the book hold a space, you know, kind of create that container for a bigger conversation. Because it's so much easier for children to talk about it when it's not themselves and to see another character go through it. I mean, it normalizes it. It helps them not feel alone. And that's a really nice entryway for parents to say, you know, see, when Sophie gets mad, I love that book, when Sophie gets angry, Mm. um, when she gets mad, you know, this is how she handles it. What do you do when you get upset? So that picture books can go beyond just the, okay, I read them for bedtime and now we're closing them and good night. They can really lend to nice conversations. Right. And so we can have these in our home or, you know, have a wonderful trip to the library and pick up some and keep changing them out. So there's a a, a really great resource. Yes. Uh, Yes. Well, this has been so wonderful, and there's oodles more, I think, that probably we could talk about. But I think referring people to your really important website uh, is going to give us some great tools to work with, and that is? Yes, the website is Laura Lynn, L-I-N-N, Knight, K-N-I-G-H-T dot com. And there are lots of tools and resources on there, just like you said, and like we've been talking about. Yes, there is so much that's there and the opportunity, of course, to sign up for the newsletter. So it just pops up in your email every week. Right? Yes. Right. Yes. yes. I was just going to say that to any parents that are just, you know, feeling overwhelmed, I think it's always important to say that you're not alone in that overwhelm and that uh, this has been particularly rough, like we acknowledged in the beginning of the conversation. And just to say that there's so much hope for making a change and making a difference in your family system. uh, And you're not alone in that process. Yes. And every day is proof of that. A new day Mm -hmm. and new opportunities, right? Right. Right. Well, this has been wonderful. I just really appreciate who you are, all that you're doing, and of course, taking time with us this morning. Thank you so much, Laura. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. That brings us to the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Laura Lynn Knight and Sunday Morning Magazine with J.B. McKinnon. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I'll get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 1069 webpage. Just click on the podcast tab, then either of the show names, and then look for the guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of envisioning the life we can live on a more peaceful and simpler level. Have a week the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9. Good morning.